Welcome to the Urban Grace Weekly Podcast. Urban Grace is an inclusive ecumenical church in the heart of downtown Tacoma, Washington, that seeks to be a spiritual home for folks from all sorts of backgrounds. We've been committed to downtown Tacoma since 1883. And today, that looks like a vibrant worshiping community located in a bustling, historic church that functions like a community center for about 20 different arts organizations, Christian ministries, and social service organizations that use our building throughout the week. This podcast is an audio recording of our weekly sermons. You may notice that I occasionally pause for laughter that seems out of context, That's likely because our PowerPoint is showing, I don't know, the head of Jesus photoshopped onto the body of Steven Seagal or some equally cheesy joke that has to be experienced in person, which honestly is just a bad segue to say, hey, come check us out Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the corner of 9th and Market. And of course, there are more details at urbangrace.org. Lastly, we had some delay putting sermons online uh, throughout the fall, so this spring we'll be mixing in some sermons that never made it online in addition to our weekly podcast. Thanks, and enjoy. Good morning. John fourteen twenty three through 29. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach, teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as, to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Would y'all please pray with me? Good and gracious God, we give thanks for your presence, your presence that is with us at all times in these walls and outside these walls. And we pray that we will feel that presence, that we will know that you are with us and that we may hear your word for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, So we are actually right towards the end of the season of Easter. And the season of Easter is all about uh, life after the resurrection. Like, how do we live with the knowledge that Jesus rose from the dead, but also with the reality that Jesus is no longer around to guide us and teach us? So it it makes sense that we have a scripture passage where Jesus is talking about what it'll be like when he leaves. I know that that passage from John, it sort of gets a little tangled up. Jesus is sort of confusing sounding. 
But in that scripture, sort of the core of it, is that Jesus promises that after he leaves, the Holy Spirit will be around to guide us. And that, that assurance is it's really encouraging. But like, sometimes I wish Jesus would have been like a little bit more specific. Like, I wish Jesus would have, I don't know, maybe made some rules so that we know when the Holy Spirit is telling us something and when it's not. Like, if Jesus had made clear guidelines about what like, the, the role of the Holy Spirit is, it, it could have saved me significant pain. Because uh, when I was in college, I got dumped by God. It's a true story. My, my girlfriend felt the Holy Spirit telling her to break up with me. Yeah, I know, right? Thank you for the empathy. Because I, I was le- legit, like, super sad. And, and you know, at the time, I, I wished that Jesus had just been more clear about how the Holy Spirit works. If Jesus had just said, I'll send you an advocate, a holy wingman to help you dump your lame evangelical boyfriend, like, then I would have known for sure that the Holy Spirit really was a wise counselor. But as it was, I was just confused by the Holy Spirit. Like, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, it probably depends on how we grew up. Because different religious cultures, different religious traditions understand the Holy Spirit in really different ways. Some traditions believe the Holy Spirit it, it makes like a dramatic appearance through speaking in tongues. In some charismatic traditions, the Holy Spirit gives people really specific gifts. And some other traditions believe that it's more like the Holy Spirit sort of guides us and, and helps us make decisions all throughout every day. Like my, my grandmother believed that the Holy Spirit helped her find parking spots and sail on detergent in the grocery store. And then I'm serious about that. Uh, and then other traditions, uh, more sort of like my own, believe that the Holy Spirit is more like a subtle presence that assures us God is with us and that God loves us. Like, for some, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell us what to do, but fills us with awe, connects us to our creator, that kind of stuff. And those are, those are really big differences. And I totally understand why there are so many opinions on what the Holy Spirit does, in part because it's really vague in our scripture. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will be like a teacher and a guide, but we don't get rules or specifics about how the Holy Spirit teaches and guides. And, and while we can, we can read like the words of Jesus, we can read a sermon from Jesus, the Bible never quotes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's something we feel, we experience. 
the Holy Spirit. So, like, each of our different experiences will naturally lead to different understandings of how the Holy Spirit acts. And, you know, I began by, by joking about being dumped by God, because, I don't know, I like writing jokes. But that's actually, for me, that's sort of a complicated example. Because, you know, some 20 years later, I think that, like, my ex, my girlfriend at the time, sensed something about our compatibility. She knew on some spiritual level that she needed to be single for a while. And this deep intuition was interpreted and understood as the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't know, maybe it was. But, but what I think made it sort of hard at the time and, and still makes it hard today is that, that claiming the Holy Spirit can be sort of like a, a holy trump card. Like, if, if someone tells you the Holy Spirit wants them to do something, how do you respond? I mean, do you say, if you, like, disagree, what, what do you say? Do you say, no, no, disregard your faith? That doesn't feel very good. And it, it doesn't feel a lot better to tell them that, you know, that's not actually God speaking. You're just confused. It's not that you lack faith. It's that you lack intelligence. No. It'd be a horrible thing to say. And, and also, we just we don't know. None of us really do. So it, it's hard to, to say anything in response. There's power in claiming the Holy Spirit, and that, that power can be dangerous. Like, I know some of us have suffered emotional and spiritual abuse when someone like, like weaponized the Holy Spirit to convince us to do something we didn't feel was right, or tried to convince us to be someone who, other than who we were made to be, and again, I don't think that this is malicious usually. I, I, I presume it's usually an unconscious thing where people confuse their own desires with the desires of God. Because I keep coming back to this. We don't have a lot of guidance as to how the Holy Spirit acts in the world. Or at least that's the case for English-speaking American Protestants. Because maybe the most distinctive thing about being a Protestant, which just means like not a Roman Catholic or not Orthodox, Protestants, is, is that we believe we have direct access to God. We, we call this the priesthood of all believers. It's basically the belief that, that your faith is between you and God. So like a pastor or a church community, they help you but they don't stand in between you and God. And, and that is, that's one of my like, favorite things about Protestant theology. But it also leads to a really like, individualistic faith where our, our instincts tell us that God is experienced on an individual basis. And, and then on top of that sort of uh, Protestant bit, 
is our experience as Americans. New Testament professor and former Urban Grace member, Joanne Badley, she taught up at the Seattle School, and in every class she taught, she would tell her students that, that we read Scripture individualistically today. But 2,000 years ago, Scripture was read communally. To, to quote her, she explains that America's the most individualistically oriented society in history. Americans relate to the world as individuals rather than relating to the world as a community. So when we read Jesus' words, we read them as if they were spoken to me rather than spoken to a group of us. And, and so let's just sort of like take that idea and put it into our scripture today. So we see Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all the things I've said to you. So, so we see that and we read it as, or we hear it as, the Holy Spirit will teach me everything and remind me of all the things that Jesus said to me. And, and that's like a really straightforward, uh, kind of obvious reading. But it's not quite what the scripture says. And we misunderstand this because we've, uh, we've got this deficiency in the English language. And in English, the pronoun you can refer to one person or it can refer to a group of people. Like, we don't have a separate word for you, the individual, and you, the group. So when we see the word you in the Bible, we don't know if Jesus is speaking to one person or to a big group. But in languages like Greek and Hebrew, there are different words for, that mean you, one person, and you, many people. And if we look at, our, at the Greek in our passage today, we can see that when Jesus is saying you, he's talking to everyone. So this right now is where it would have been better had a southerner translated the Bible, because it, it reads, the Holy Spirit will teach y'all everything and remind y'all of everything that I've said to y'all. <laughs> or I guess, yeah, that's the... The, the Southerners sort of fix a problem with English as actually, uh, like, dudes from... I was in New Jersey two weeks ago. Guys from New Jersey do this too. And it'd be like, Holy Spirit will teach you guys everything and remind you guys of all the things I've said to you guys. Anyways. Uh, it's just because I was, like, back in Jersey. Um, where I was going is that the Holy Spirit is given to a community. The Holy Spirit comes to us, which is a little bit different than the Holy Spirit coming to me. Because if the Holy Spirit comes to us as a group, we have to be in relationship so we can learn together what God is teaching. And Jesus expected his followers to experience faith together, not like, a bunch of individuals experiencing God on their own terms. But as a group that realized that it needed one another to understand and to find God. And again, I, I feel like this is a little bit counterintuitive as Americans. 
But Jesus taught about faith as a communal experience. And and this is actually very clear throughout the whole chapter, throughout John 14, not just the part I put up on the screen. The whole chapter is about what it'll be like after Jesus leaves. And the whole chapter describes how faith and how following commandments and how the Holy Spirit, how all of that is a group activity. And and I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit never works through individual people. Like, we have different experiences of the Holy Spirit. And and that's good, because it it actually, it makes sense that we do it together. Because we need, we each have something unique to contribute. And everyone's different experiences and background, like together they gave us a really full picture of God. So, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit never works through an individual person. What I mean is that the work of the Holy Spirit has to be for the good of the whole community, not just like an individual spiritual experience. So I'm going to go back to the the silly example of the Holy Spirit handing out parking spots. Um, If that's the case... Which it could be, like, like, I respect my grandma's faith. I don't agree with all of it, but I am 100% certain it was authentic. And, and so maybe the Holy Spirit is, is handing out parking spots. But if so, she's not causing, like, situational traffic jams so the holiest people get the best spots the Holy Spirit's directing traffic, she's making peace in the parking lot. Because that's actually the closest thing we have to an explanation about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit leads to peace for everyone. Jesus says, you will receive the Holy Spirit, and then in the very next verse, Jesus says, you will receive peace. And this is not peace as the world gives it. This is the biblical idea of peace, or shalom. It's a sort of huge theological concept that runs throughout the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament. And and I think almost the easiest way to understand shalom in just a nutshell is is to go to Martin Luther King. as King explained biblical peace, shalom, he, he said, peace is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. Yes, it is true that if the black man accepts his place, accepts exploitation and injustice, there will be peace, but it'll be an obnoxious peace. He, he continued and said, and, and if peace means this, I don't want peace. If peace means accepting second-class citizenship, I don't want it. If peace means keeping my mouth shut in the midst of injustice and evil, I don't want it. If peace means a willingness to be exploited economically, dominated politically, humiliated and segregated, I don't want peace. Because peace for one person is real different 
than peace for a whole community. And I think the gift of the Spirit for just one person is real different than the gift of the Spirit for a whole community. And I think Jesus used the idea of biblical peace, of shalom that requires justice for everyone. Jesus used that to to illustrate and help us understand that the spiritual presence that that guides and teaches everyone. Like, if the Holy Spirit is at work, the Holy Spirit is bringing wholeness to everyone in the community, whether it's a charismatic gift, uh, an individual sense of guidance, or transcendence, if it's really the Holy Spirit, it's intended to be a gift for the whole community. And, and I know this stuff is hard. It's, it's confusing because we all have these really different experiences of the Holy Spirit and of God. And, and I have, I've got dear friends who, who understand the Holy Spirit as a guide that, that helps them make a hundred little decisions every day. And like, like, I got friends that are, are pastors who I respect tremendously, who I look up to, I follow their work. And they believe one thing about the Holy Spirit. And, and my experience of the Holy Spirit is more like, more like a presence that helps us relax into God's grace. The, the sometimes small sense that we are accepted and loved just as we are, that God delights in us, to, to me, the Holy Spirit gives us the courage to explore what is right and true without fear or shame of disappointing anyone. And those two things are, are really different. I think that's okay. If the Holy Spirit is, is given to all of us, to each of us, it's going to look pretty different. So rather than trying to land on what I think the Holy Spirit should look like, I'll finish just with this thought. I don't know what the Holy Spirit will look like in each of our lives, but I believe this. Whatever it looks like, the Spirit is the divine presence that that shapes us and helps us to love the world and the people around us. The Holy Spirit guides our deepest intuition and gives us courage to seek peace and justice around us. And the Holy Spirit, it's given to all y'all. Amen.